I'm J-Mac. And I'm Jess. And you're listening to Base Code Podcast. Welcome back. Hey, what's up? Not much. Uh, well, actually, a lot. Why am I saying not much? There's been a lot. Like, we went to video last to a podcast. I th- yeah, I think you just looked it up. It's August something. August, yeah. So... I think it's like the, a natural response, just be like, not much. But then it's like... Yeah, not much, yes. The, it's the off-the-cuff thing, yeah. It's not like we just recorded yesterday. It was like six months ago. Yeah. So, so yeah, a lot, lot to... Um, a lot to catch up on. Randomly, though, the clap clap that we just did made me think of the the intro to the to the Laravel trailer, Laravel movie trailer. Oh, the yeah, the Laravel documentary, Laravel Origins. Yeah, like you know, they kind of all clapped in, and it's like I felt cool because like I knew what yeah, they were doing. Yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, because yep. of the recording podcast. Yeah, well, I cool. I filmed my part for the documentary uh, last Thursday. Oh, that's right. I didn't get to hear about it since we didn't pair. Yeah, so that was pretty pretty exciting, um, and I did the clap for that as well. Um, nice. So yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, like at the start, like when you're recording audio and video at the same time, they have you clap so that they can sync the audio track and the video track. And in J-Mac and our case, we're not recording video, but we're recording two separate sets of audio, his yeah. end and my end. So we do a clap so we can kind of sync them up. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the zoom the zoom lag is is a bit much. Yeah. Sometimes, which is also why we end up chatting over each other sometimes too. Yeah. And and plus Jess is always really excited, so she's she's ready to get in there and say words. Absolutely. So yeah, Laravel documentary is exciting. It's coming out I think in like March. There's like a launch party yeah, for it second and or I third. Yeah. I looked at the time and it was like 3 a.m. um for my time. Mm. Uh so I might get up though because it does seem like there's going to be some sort of an event, so that's cool. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be a more reasonable time for me locally, so I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's funny though. Like I was worried, like I was, you know, always nervous about doing those sorts of things, but knowing that they can edit it afterwards reminds me kind of like the podcast, right? Where yeah, you know, you were telling me beforehand, don't worry, they can edit it, they can fix up your mistakes. Yeah, it's different to like live streaming and conference talks. That's as much for me as it was just general advice. Like, sometimes I'm quick to jump in with a response. It feels like a long time in your head, but it's okay to take like four seconds and be like, yeah. And kind of just enter into that instead of just immediately being like, oh, not much, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, yeah. The funny thing with this one was like, they'd, they'd ask me to like re say bits because like a plane would fly overhead or something. So I'd have to like try and get back in that space of like what I was saying. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that part was, was kind of tricky. And then, yeah, just like the night after, mm-hmm. every single time I woke up to roll over in bed, my brain just wakes up and is like, hey, let's go replay everything you said in that interview and see if there's anything silly. I'm sure it'll be good. So I like the origin story. I, I mean, I like origin stories in general. It's probably why I like, you know, all the robot guy movies and stuff like that. Like, it's just, it's cool to see. We can call it Iron Man now. I've watched them. Oh, we can't. Okay. Okay. We can. <laughs> It's so fun, though. It is. What is... I've got a beeping noise. You're beeping. I am beeping. You got some beeps happening. I don't know if we'll be able to edit all those out. Hopefully not. I've turned off the thing that would have been beeping there. Apologies. Oh, okay. We're all good. We're all good. Yeah, like, a guy came to my house. So, like, the filmographer couldn't come to Australia, but he hired a local filmographer who brought over, like, professional video camera, mm-hmm. lights all around me, like, huge, massive light boxes. It was, like, really, really pro. It was pretty, oh, yeah. pretty cool. I felt like... A celebrity. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Sounds cool. What's new with you? 
I guess not not much. Is that the proper response? Well, yeah, okay, that yeah, there's saying? that response, yeah. <laughs> you did have a mile. You've had a few milestones lately. Well, yeah, I guess it's tough. Like, Izzy, I feel like Izzy has been like sick or teething for the last probably two and a half, three months. So, like, because of that, time really isn't real i guess to be because it's just like every day is a bit of the same and i'm like half asleep sometimes and so it's just it's a marvel i've gotten anything like accomplished but i guess to your point two things one i just i just uh turned 40 the big 4-0 congratulations now that i'm here doesn't feel like super old but i can definitely remember like being younger and being like man you know over the hill 40 yeah (laughs) i remember that (laughs) Like, age has kind of always been a number to me. I mean, you know, there's been, of course, certain numbers that matter, like, you know, 18 or 21 or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I guess here in the U.S., like, to be an adult or to be able to drink. But, like, beyond that, I've never really, really thought about it. It's pretty arbitrary, right? Like, it's just the number of times you've gone around the sun. Yeah, so, like, I just, I don't know. I don't feel, like, any different by any means. But when Izzy was born, I felt mortality i guess i thought more about my mortality like because her as a you know new life but then it also kind of makes you think in a way unfortunately about death as well that's hit me harder than than 40 yeah i I know what you mean yeah but that was way more of a milestone so anyway i guess the other milestone more relevant to uh the audience was last November, I think late November, shift crossed a million in lifetime revenue. Congratulations. That is really exciting. That was pretty sweet. It really, I forecasted it like way earlier than it actually happened. Okay. And I, I won't go so far as to say like it was the Laravel release change because like last year in 2021, there, there were no Laravel releases. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't really that seasonal uptick that I get. I mean, that doesn't count for like hundreds of thousands of dollars necessarily. So I just thought it would happen earlier in the year is the point. Yeah. I wrote a massive blog post on the thing. I think it was like 7,500 words, 8,000 words or something. I mean, it's it could have been a short book. Yeah. But it was a combination of like stuff that I had journaled over the years, um, notes I had taken for myself, a blog posts that I originally thought I would publish, but I just then I kept kind of waiting for this milestone. Yeah. So there's a lot in there. I don't. I mean, I'm sure you read it. It's probably been a while ago now, but I don't know if you remember anything from it. Like for starters, I I really like the whole like transparency thing. Like you don't have to share your revenue or anything like that. I like the companies that do that. That are kind of open about that. It gives you a real perspective on things rather than like the fake perspective people try and often portray of like how things are going. Yeah. A million's a massive milestone, but quite a few years in the making. And like for anyone that's like, oh, I can make a million in like, you know, a really, really short amount of time. Like that's the exception. That's not, that's not the rule. You and I have talked about this before. And, and I think that's a good point. Like, I feel like I'm probably middle road of all this. I mean, middle road of those that are successful, first of all, not, not necessarily like middle road of everyone who's ever tried to earn a living off their side project. Not at all. I'm talking about the people that have hit a certain milestone. Even from that small, rare crowd, I still feel like I'm probably middle or low end of that. Mm. 
we just have so many giants in our community. I mean, obviously Taylor himself, but you know, you, you have uh, Adam, uh, people that maybe don't talk about stuff as much, but are obviously doing well, like, um, you know, Jeffrey Way, for mm-hmm. example, like he doesn't necessarily release any numbers, but I mean, he's been running Laircast for years. We all know everyone gets that at some point in time. You can just... Like you can look at, you know, he's, he's hired people, all that sort of stuff. You know, those yeah. are all signs of, of success. Going back to what you were saying, like, I think it's important to see that, yeah, it's not necessarily overnight. And even the ones that you do look at and know they are in big numbers, like um, Refactoring UI, for yep. example. I mean, Adam and Steve were working on that for like two years. Yeah. You don't really see it because we just hear about the success at the end, kind of. But I mean, they were they were painstakingly like crafting those tweets, writing, you know, chapters, like designing the book, the layouts, the examples, yeah. the code that goes with it. I mean, it's a big, big, big endeavor. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't come for free. Yeah, I think the one with Shift though, just critiquing it, and again, all this is in the post, but Shift probably could have hit these numbers years ago. And, and I think that's a missed opportunity on, on my end that I kind of explored. But I also go on to kind of talk about the work-life balance of it. Yeah. And that's something that's super important to me. It always has been. But now that Izzy's around, it's even more so. Honestly, like I'm probably cool leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table if it means I can spend half a day with Izzy, you know, yeah. daddy daycare kind of stuff. Yeah. Or I can get out in the wood shop and and work on something like whenever I want like that might sound crazy to some people but it's really never been about the money it's been about you know a means to an end lifestyle lifestyle yeah and like to that point to scale to bigger sizes normally means like full-time employees and once you've got that I imagine that would be a much bigger weight on your mind because now you're providing for all these other people as well by you know deliberately staying as one man show but you know hiring me here and there to help out with stuff i think it it's got to make things easier mentally right you're on a retainer but that also gives us that lifestyle and flexibility yeah. right like i mean you could give me some notice and say hey i i don't want to do this anymore or, you know i guess worst case scenario you could say that but you could also just be like hey i'd like to ramp it a little down next month i'm gonna you know go on a trip yeah. or whatever you know which which we've done a couple times and there's also just like any of the other things we talked about, like Shift is still growing. And I, you know, I recently brought on Sarab mm. for some contract work as well, because you and I were so focused on cranking out kind of new shifts, you would kind of transition to the yeah. quote unquote back end. And so, you know, the commercial website needed some features, you know, the workbench is going to need some love. I guess my point is more like if you're hiring a full-time person and that's their full-time gig, like if you yeah. went out of business or even just decided you didn't want to do it anymore, that's no like massive, um, you know, skin off my nose kind of thing, right? Like it's not going to put me out in a massive way. It's like, this is a nice little side thing. Yeah. Uh, and similar for Sarab, I imagine. So. For sure. I, I talk about that as well. Like I, I, I do not want to have a team. I don't want to have employees. <laughs> I don't like the, the, the stress level yeah. instantly skyrockets and and again just ready examples from the community like i think even adam's been kind of talking about that more in the last several months of just kind of the pressure to hire and hire right and what does it look like and what's compensation and what's profit sharing and just all these other questions that would come with that i have no desire to be responsible for that like in a way shift i mean it's not a it's not a company it's not any it's not anything you know it's 
it's just like this thing I I yeah. work on. I have no <laughs> it's almost not real. Mm-hmm. And I think once you start doing those things, it it makes it like really real, you know? Yeah. Being 40 now, like that's not where I am in my life. Yeah. Like I don't I don't want to suddenly start a new business <laughs> with like 10 employees. That's not where I want to. I'm on the other side. Like I literally want to be out in, you know, two, four or five years. Like I, I used to think I wanted like to own some big company with lots of people, but I've changed my mind on that. I, I kind of like the idea of similar to what you do, right? Just have kind of your own thing and then just hire people out as you need. You know, I think that's another point. You were talking about the Laravel movie earlier and, you know, just kind of got me thinking another thing I talk about in the blog post is also kind of the personal struggles while building shift. You know, there's this concept of, you know, Laravel elite, you know, and I I think some people might put me uh, in that category, but there's definitely times where I I did not feel like I was in that loop. Um, Shift itself doesn't feel cool like some of the other things coming out of the Laravel community. And there were definitely points in time where like I struggled with that. And so hitting the milestone, uh, the revenue milestone, is at least one kind of recognition uh, but sometimes, you know, again, that, that wasn't always the recognition I was after. Sometimes that retweet, you know, might have meant more. You know, sometimes getting the reply or, or, or being able to be buds with other people in the community might have felt more important. So, you know, all things that factor in. And, and again, I just wanted to make sure to kind of share all those different aspects. Yeah. Shift is still fun. Yeah. Like, Sure, there's there's a support email that comes in every now and then that's a little slanted, it's a little annoying, whatever, but like, you know, at the end of the day, it's fun, and, and I think there's a lot of things that balance that, you know, it's the workload, which which is more or less minimal outside of the release cycles, like, or I'm at least in full control of what I want that workload to be. In the most part, the again, the support emails are good. Most people are coming back saying, yeah, it saved me a ton of time. That was awesome. Man, this stuff's magic. Like most of them are that, which is great. Yeah. And then even just balancing that price point again. Like if I charge $99 per upgrade, which I probably could, I'd lose a, a bit of the customer base, but I'd, I'd 10x the revenue, you know. Yeah. But I'd also probably get more <laughs> emails when that are on the side of like, this did not do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And they're going to be a bit more critical because, you know, that expectation would be higher because, you know, again, it's pricing such a funny thing. Like Sometimes the, the cheapest customers can be the most painful. So exactly. who knows? Exactly. They're looking for like that maximum, maximum value. And, I, and I'm that type of person yeah. too. So I get it. I think the ridiculously low price for what you're getting is reflective of that kind of hedging responsibility in a way of yeah of like just just not wanting to be burdened with like you know hardcore support well speaking of shift being fun i'm looking forward to our next episode when we can get into talking about something we've been doing recently on the shift engine or the testing framework around the shift engine because it has made like the developer experience through the roof. It's been so much fun to like build shifts lately and I really want to chat about it. Absolutely. And I think that was our original <laughs> goal. But um, yeah, I think I think the catch-up episode's fun. So if not, let us know and uh, we, we just won't, we won't do any catch-up intro episodes anymore. We'll just get right down to business. Yeah. So, 
But to Jess's point, uh, next week we'll get into the technical details of how we rewrote the testing layer uh, within Shift. Alrighty. Alrighty. See you next time. See ya. Show notes for this episode can be found at basecodefieldguide.com slash 43.